Welcome to the Star Wars Collector Podcast, episode number 87. I am your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host, Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Brian. Yes, we're back again. Yeah. Quickly. <laughs> yeah, I figured uh, we better do a podcast about ICCC or it may get mud- you know, muddled into Star Wars Celebration since we won't have one until after I'm back from Celebration. Yeah, and plus it's all fresh in your mind right now, too. Yeah. Even though it's been a week. That's <laughs> <laughs> still semi-fresh. Um, let's see. Uh, what did you get? I actually stopped at a yard sale on Main Street here and picked up some figures, believe it or not. I am i don't know. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, oh, I'm sure you've seen Miles' latest post in our Star Wars mm-hmm. club. He's like, he's like the king of like thrift stores and yard sales and stuff. But I actually did... For a whole dollar, I scored a vintage Stormtrooper that's pretty mangled, but hey, it was 25 cents. And I also got um, a Chewbacca who has tight joints. He's in really good shape. And Hmm. two modern Stormtroopers. Like I said, all four figures, 25 cents each. And they was in a box of Happy Meal toys. So it pays to dig sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, here, uh, I'm I'm always afraid to dig in stuff like that. I'm like, I better go, I better bring me some, like, surgical gloves or something if I'm going to be digging in it. I I do. I actually, especially since COVID, I've I've been wearing gloves before I dig in boxes like that. Oh, (laughs) even before COVID, I was kind of scared to do that just because of all the germs and stuff that people have around. I did, but I probably should have. But I always always have a big jug. Even before COVID, I had antibacterial soap that I would always cover my hands in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's all I got this month. Nothing else Star Wars related, but still it was pretty cool to find some Star Wars figures in the wild. Yeah. What about you? Uh, let's see. I picked up one of the figures I needed, one of the last four. I got the vintage droids Uncle Gundy. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the four that I need. I still need uh, Tig from, Sis from, and R2 with a pop-up lightsaber from droids. I think Uncle Gundy's a cool-looking figure, too. I've obviously looked at the pictures of him before. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else? I got some Burger King glasses. Got, let's see, all of the Return of the Jedi ones. And I ended up picking up an extra Empire Strikes Back uh, that I already had, unfortunately. Uh, let's see, what else? I got a couple of, uh, well, now it's Star Wars Insider, but back then it was called Lucasfilm Fan Club Magazine. It was so much cooler back then, too. (laughs) (laughs) I got uh, number 10 and number 12, and got those for $5 each, which I thought was pretty pretty fair for, for magazines like that that are that old and hard to come by. Yeah, if it was in good shape, that's a real fair price. Yeah. I got the uh, Vintage Droid Factory. I ended up picking up another one to try and complete the one that I've got. I know that I have an R2 out here somewhere in my room uh, with a head, middle leg, and all that. I can't find it. Not <laughs> sure where it's at. But I know I have one. I picked up one a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so I have a complete one if I can find it. I also have almost another complete one that's missing the head of the R2 and the middle leg, and one of the other legs. 
And that's about it. I'm pretty sure it has everything else. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I got uh, the mini rig, the little tiny shuttle. I can't remember what the name of it is, uh, but I picked up that. Also, we finally got our celebration passes. Just got them yesterday. So May the 9th as of this recording. Nice. Yeah. I was getting kind of uh, <laughs> antsy thinking, oh, you know, I'm less than two weeks from leaving and I need to get them passes before we leave. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I uh, finally got those. We got, you know, me and Stephanie and Bo are all three going. So two adults and one kids. And the thing is, for those of you out there that haven't uh, thought about it, if your kid was either supposed to be, like in 2020, this is when this celebration was supposed to happen. Okay, let's say your kid in 2020 was only five. Okay, so he's free. Because anybody under six is free. So now, being 2022, that kid's seven. Well, he needs a, he needs a four-day pass. Uh, also, if, let's say your kid was 12 or even 11 at that time in 2020, and then two years later they're, you know, 13 or 14, well, now you need an adult pass for that kid. Well, don't worry about it. So, uh, Reed Pop has said... Any of those kids that you know would have been eligible for whatever pass they have now or no pass at all, they can get in still without having to pay anything extra. Well, that's good. Then. Yeah. I figured I would let those people out there know who hasn't even thought about it yet to not worry about it. You know, they said, don't worry about it. You know, they'll still let you in. Everything will be fine. Um, oh, also, I bought Stephanie a vintage Ewok phone. It's the... The Wicket phone, have you seen one? I actually have seen one. Do you have one? I don't have one, but I have seen okay. it. I almost Either... bought another one for myself. <laughs> I've seen them like, you know, at toy shows or something like that before, but no, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, I got it in the box. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. The box is, you know, really rough, but yeah. It it's still it's in the box. Um I went to let's see. That was all I picked up really that I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, was all this stuff like the the mini rig, the the droid factory, and the, the phone stuff? Was that all picked up at the ICC? Um, mo- yeah, all of it was at the ICCC. Okay. Um, let's see. The Uncle Gundy was actually at the show. The Burger King glasses was the room sales. The magazines were the room sales. The phone was the room sales. The droid factory. Was also room sales. The mini rug rig was at the event. So did you, um, most of it come part, from room sales. Did you take part in the room sales and sell anything? Yes, I did. I sold nice. a ton of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I, I made quite a bit of money off all that stuff that I had. Getting rid of extra stuff that I had or stuff that I didn't really want anymore. You know, I decided to, to get rid of those three packs. I had a like three or four of the vintage collection three packs and i was like you know what i really don't collect these yeah you know so i only had a few uh so i was like eh, i'm gonna get rid of them so i sold them i made quite a bit of money off those because i had the three clones which was san diego comic-con i had the dr afra bt um one and triple zero which was i think also san diego comic-con yeah and, I, heck, I sold those, too, I think, for, like, $250. Nice. Yeah, people were really wanting them because 
like you know if you didn't get them they're hard to get and expensive mm-hmm. and i sold them cheaper than you can get them on ebay yeah I, when did you get that those uh the stuff that you got this past saturday yes i didn't go out because it was raining and i probably should have still <laughs> would you have went to westwood sometimes i do make it to westwood oh okay i went out for a little while around where i live but there wasn't anybody that had any. There was just a uh, an estate sale. And so I was just like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go back home. So there's nothing out here. <laughs> I should have went ahead and went to Westwood. Yeah, the estate sales, usually people want too much for stuff oh, from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, it's just like they think they have a gold mine. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the last day of the estate sale. So I was like, well, if there's anything left, they saw 50% off. So yeah, okay. I figured why not. But they didn't have anything really that I wanted, so. They had two big, huge, big screen TVs, the old ones. Oh. Yeah, they were, I think they were both Mitsubishi, and they had to be 60 inches at least. But man, they're big. I mean, they're like, you know, two foot deep and <laughs> like five foot tall or huge. Yeah, and you, can, and you can't handle those by yourself like you can the oh, TVs no. nowadays. Heck no. I can pick up my 60 inch television now by myself. Yeah, that's the same way. It's just like, yep, that's easy to move it if I need to. <laughs> the heaviest one I ever had to deal with was I had a a 30-inch widescreen tube television. That thing was heavy. Yeah, tubes it, are heavy. It had <laughs> handles on it. Yeah. Which was weird. On the corners of the, of the box itself, it had handles. And I was like, man, I've never seen a handle on a tube television. That was crazy. Um, let's see. We got uh, meeting news. We got celebration happening May the 26th through the 29th. I'll be there. Come and see me. You know, come and find me. Most of the time I'll be at the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club if you see me there or at the collector panels. And I'll try to wear my podcast t-shirt. I won't have any with me this time, but I had some at ICCC and I sold several of those. So we got a lot of people out there and uh, that listen to the podcast and thank I want to thank you for listening, but come and see me at Celebration, and uh, I'll give you a patch. We got a new patch that way, and that I made just for this year, which is the 45th anniversary of Star Wars: A New Hope. Of course, it wasn't called A New Hope when it first came out, but that's what we all call it now. See, uh, I still just call I still it call Star it Star Wars. Wars too. I just it's just Star Wars to me. I can't. It's hard <laughs> for me to say A New Hope. But you you have to refer to it as A New Hope sometimes, or people won't know what you're talking about. I know. Not the older people, but <laughs> some of the ones that came up later watching it. Because, you know, in I think it was in eighty or eighty ones when they changed it. When I think I think it was I think it was eighty, because that's whenever Empire got its number declaration. Mm-hmm. It was the fifth episode, so they put episode four on A New Hope. And uh yeah, we'll be out there. Um I've got some patches also that I'm trading for other people. So hit me up. It's part of collections. I don't want to say what they are right now because I don't remember if we've announced them. <laughs> but uh, just hit me up. Um, I'll, I'll even uh, post on our Twitter account at uh, TSWC Podcast. Uh, I try to post on there when I'm at events. I did it. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I don't remember. Was it ICCC? No, I think I forgot to do it there. Actually, it was either, it was either there or at a toy show that I posted and yeah, I was at a toy show and I'm, nobody hit me up. So I don't guess we have very many followers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a meeting this coming Saturday 
uh, May the 14th uh, in Flatwoods, Kentucky at the Flatwoods Public Library from noon to 3. We, If it doesn't rain, me and Bo will be a little bit late. Stephanie has to work because he's got a, a soccer game, so we'll come right after that. Okay, cool. Um, but there might be some other people coming, so uh, you and whoever else, hopefully you guys get there at noon. Because we may even have a guy coming from the Star Wars, from the, uh, uh, shoot, West Virginia Club. A guy named Sam. I can't remember his last name. But he goes by Sam Sams, I think, on the on Facebook. So I'm not sure if that's his last name or not. Okay. But uh, he was asking when the meeting was and what time and stuff, and I told him. So he might come. Uh, he may bring some others with him, too, from the, from the group, too. Well, that'd be cool. Uh, let's see. There's uh, some release news. Uh, we got uh, Boba Fett in the white armor from Artifacts. Stat- it's an Artifacts statue by Kota Bakia. Have you seen that one yet? I actually haven't seen that. No. Okay. Uh, we had a bunch of TVC and Black Series announced at uh, Hasbro's May the 4th special. We have the 332nd clone trooper which is ahsoka's clone troopers that's on uh, these are all vintage collection the ones i'm getting ready to tell you about uh, anakin skywalker the padawan mandalorian super commando gaming greats heavy assault stormtrooper gaming greats stormtrooper commander and then black series the princess leia ewok village that she's in that uh, brown gown or whatever it is a figure and dan figure the New Republic Security Droid, the Obi-Wan Kenobi Force Effects Lightsaber, and the Darth Vader Premium Electronic Helmet. That looks pretty cool. They showed a demo of it on that. And did you see it? No, I didn't actually didn't see it. I need oh, to go okay. and watch it. They, uh, it comes apart in like three pieces, I think, and whenever you put them together, they make noises. So whenever you put like uh, that part that has the eyes and you slam it down it goes and then uh, when you put the helmet on I think it goes like it does on the movie that's pretty cool I'm not the greatest at making noise at making the sound effects (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see they got the uh, phase one clone trooper four pack from the vintage collection that one's coming out Uh, the I think Nalen Chiel I think that's another uh, band member and uh, both of those band members together if you get the figure and dan of course and the nail and she they come with all what is it seven or eight instruments however many it is i think it's eight i could be yeah, wrong, though, but yeah. and uh, of course you can buy the same ones because they look the same the figure is the same i think yeah. from what i understand yeah yes so you can you know make up the names yourself from what what they were in the movie or whatever you know, call them whatever you want. Just put them with different instruments. But you'd have to buy more than one of each. Which, if you're going to buy any, you just buy the Nalen Chi, Chiel, whatever. And it gets all those instruments that you need. Because he costs more. He's like a deluxe figure because he has so many extra instruments with him. And then buy more of the figure in Dan, which is cheaper. I, I don't know if I'm going to buy, but maybe just one of each. That's probably what I'll end up doing, too. Well, those are Black Series. Oh, sorry. Then I won't be buying those. <laughs> They're supposed Not... to come out with vintage collection ones too eventually yes. as well. 
That's what I've heard. Because so they came out with one, or they've announced one, but I think the rest of them are going to come like in a multi-pack, I would say. Uh-huh. And then we got, let's see, what is it? TRC, I don't know what this is, TRC, a new hope, oh, the old retro collection, yeah, they, they're re-releasing six of the retro collection figures, The uh, it's in a box, Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Han, all those will be on the card, but they'll be in a box this time, yeah, whoopee. <laughs> so if you already got them, don't worry about it. Yeah. Unless you're like Dwayne and you have to have every single thing, regardless of how many times it's been released. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I said it, Dwayne. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Black Series Clone Trooper 187th Battalion figure. It's a Walgreens only. And then a Obi-Wan Kenobi Wandering Jedi. I'm not sure what that is exactly. Maybe that's from Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Sounds very possible. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, Sideshow Collectibles has the Mandalorian Din Djarin life-size bust. I did see a picture of that. That looks, that looks really good, but man, it's <laughs> expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> Hand would take up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. Do you happen to have the Toy Arc website up? No, but I can pull it up. Okay. Yeah, then you can uh, go through some of these as well. Yeah, we got uh, from Diamond Select Toys and Gentle Giant. We've got uh, a Chewbacca. Let's see, what is he? New Chewbacca figure is from Shop Disney. While the indoor Leia bus, there's an indoor Leia minibus coming out. Looks pretty cool. And then a Jumber, bleh, Jumbo Kenner X-Wing Luke. So they're re-releasing that one, but this one's a little bit different. He has a removable helmet, so if you didn't get him the first time, you can get him now and get him with a removable helmet. Um, I I actually already sold mine that I had because I'm I'm pretty much done with them. I mean the the re-releases and then them releasing ones that never ever came out before, you know they've just ruined it, the line for me. They should have just finished the original line <laughs> before they even started thought about doing those like that. I agree. They're uh, they're really killing themselves, I think. And then Hot Toys is coming out with Attack of the Clones versions of the Clone Pilot, a Geonosian Battle Droid, a Clone Trooper, R2-D2, and C-3PO. And these figures are scheduled for release between the second and third quarters of 2023. So more than a year later. <laughs> it's something that you pre-order that you'll completely forget about the time it comes yeah. out. Um, I did pre-order the, the, uh, oh, the, the Fennec Shand 1-6 minibus. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think she's a great character. Oh, I do too. She's actually one of my favorites, probably, from some of the stuff that Disney's done. Yeah, you see that? And then they got a Stormtrooper, the Legends in 3D, a New Hope Stormtrooper 1-half scale bust. So that thing's pretty good, pretty big too and a sabine wren one seventh scale mini bust which i mean I, i'm really to be honest i'm getting kind of tired of the seventh scale ones they're smaller they've uh they just don't look the same next to the six scale you know mini bust that i have 
Yeah, they don't really, they don't just don't fit in. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because I have like all my like imperial people together on the same shelf. Because I have uh, General Veers and uh, Tarkin, the Emperor, and then I have Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he's one seventh scale and he's smaller. He just doesn't look right. I don't know, but uh, this uh, this coming Thursday is that right? The twelfth. Yeah, they're going to have, so you may not hear this until after this, but the San Diego Comic-Con is going to announce their exclusives for, uh, I think General Giant is said is going to be announcing theirs on that day. I'm hoping that they come out with another, uh, oh, Macquarie mini bust. Because so far I have all of them that they've released, except for Macquarie himself. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that one, even though there, that he wasn't really... I mean, he was in the movie, but, you know, he was in uh, shoot, Empire uh, for a split second. You want to talk about the rest of them, Mayor? I can't find the post. I'm scrolling through the oh, toy. It's toy news, news.toyark.com. Well, I'm on Toy Arc, but I can't find the news of all the Star Wars stuff. Actually, this stuff... Never mind. It's It's old now. Oh, I think okay. I'm done. Okay, never mind. Okay, <laughs> there wasn't good. there wasn't much to talk about since the last podcast, so I think yeah, I think I've gotten all though. Okay, I, I started to say after I couldn't find anything else new after what you'd said. Well, the only thing left to talk about now is ICCC. Oh, I got one thing to mention first. Okay, go, go ahead. On. Um, you I don't know if you saw it or not. Did you see the mock up on <clears throat> sorry on. Crap, Jedi Temple Archives for the um, possible vintage collection packaging going forward in the future. No. It's beyond bad. Okay, for the ones that's listening, if you, I think it's maybe posted May 9th on JediTempleArchives.com, but it's basically, it's the vintage collection card with a round, like, oblong box on the front of it and the picture of the figure and then the figure inside that little box on the front of the vintage collection packaging. So, you know, with them doing away with bubble, and this is a mock-up of what it's possibly going to look or look like. I, I, yeah, I think that's somebody's <laughs> interpretation of it, too. I don't think that's actually what they're going to do. But it's, It said in the post that it's not, not far, far off, off yeah. what they're going to do, but it, if it's anywhere near that... I don't know if I want to keep buying vintage collection figures, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I will not. I mean, it just does not look right. Yeah. The only it, reason I buy them is because of the nostalgia that they look like, you know, when I was a kid. Exactly. That's that's the main appeal to them, and that just destroys it. What I mean, I can understand what they're doing because some people will throw their figures away, will throw will throw their their plastic bubble away and stuff like that. But still, it just looks so bad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember seeing that now. Now that you say that, but I was stunned. I I mean, I I had no idea what. I think they would be better off if they would do um something like they've done, like in the boxes with the deluxe figures went with the square box or something instead of trying to keep the car. Cause it just doesn't look good at all. No. And <laughs> it's just not the same. No. I mean, if I can't see the actual figure, what's the point? Yeah. And plus I mean, that's going to lead to, if you find it in a Walmart or something, you'll never know if you're not going to open it. If your figure has been swapped, swapped out for another figure and returned. Well, if you see it, if, I mean, if you saw, I mean, 
the package you're talking about, if the people saw it, I don't think you could swap it. Yeah. I th- I mean, if you put a lot of time and effort into it, I think anything's possible. Well, yeah, I mean, anything's possible, <laughs> but I just can't see people taking the time. I mean, it would take a lot of time just to put that back together. Yeah. <clears throat> um, anything else? I, no, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to complain about the possible packaging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand because I, I, I already told, I think I told Stephanie or maybe I told somebody else. I don't know. I told several people that if they do away with that, I probably won't be buying any more modern figures. Yeah, at first I said I would probably buy them, but if that looks anything close to that, I probably won't now. Well, especially not for the price. No. I mean, they're already, uh, I'll check the the newest wave that they just put up for pre-order on Entertainment Earth. Uh, I averaged out how much it would cost after taxes and everything, and it's like $16 a figure now. And that's, I mean, that's crazy. For a four-inch figure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that prices go up, but you know what? We don't have to buy it. No. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm to the point now where, I mean, other than this vintage collection, you know, if they do away with that, there's nothing else that I'm a completist on. This is the only one, with the exception of two figures that are just impossible to get unless you pay a mint for them. And the thing, too, about the, the $16, I mean, it's not like the quality is going up on the figures. Because, actually, on some of the figures, the quality's kind of decreased. So yeah. that's another bad thing about the price hike <clears throat> and the figures not being as good as they were. Well, it's just as bad with Black Series. Whenever they first released them, they were nineteen ninety nine, And they came with, like, six or eight accessories. I mean, Han came with several sets of hands and guns, and R2 came with, like, you know, a ton of... Uh, devices that you put on his, you know, put on his body there, mm-hmm. and and all kinds of stuff like that. And now you're lucky if you get one gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like I said, quality has went down and prices went up. Otherwise, in quotes, it's a deluxe figure now. You know, and uh, you pay through the nose for it. Well, it's just like the you mentioned deluxe, the deluxe figure that's coming from Target.com of Boba Fett. I mean, I looked at it, and it doesn't look like they're they're charging what was it twenty four ninety nine, and it doesn't look very deluxe to me at all. <laughs> Is it? A, it's a three and three quarter inch, yes, right? Yes, and it doesn't. I did look, not order it. Yeah, it doesn't look. It looks basically like a Boba Fett with maybe an extra gun or something. It's in the box, right? Yes, it's in one of those mm-hmm. square boxes. Yep. I didn't order that one. I didn't order the Ahsoka. I didn't order whatever the other one was. I didn't order any of those. I was like, that's I, not enough for a, a deluxe figure for me. <laughs> Well, since Ahsoka had um, Grogu with her, I did try to order her, but she sold out at Walmart on me. She was a Walmart exclusive, so mm-hmm. I missed out on her. So I'm hoping that she'll come back. She, they, most of that Walmart stuff does come back in, so hopefully I can grab her. Yeah. Oh, I saw where the droids Boba Fett is starting to show up in Targets here in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. So hopefully they'll ship our pre-orders. Did you ever get one? No, I missed out on that, too. <laughs> I have an extra one coming and an extra R2 yeah, also. You, you sent a group text message, and I was in Grayson, and I was in a, a dead cell phone area. Oh, and I could not no. get Target to load for <clears> me <throat> at all. That's why you're, you're like, man, Boba Fett's in stock. And I'm like, oh, come on, Target. Come on. Because I actually got it in my cart, and I was trying to check out, and I never could with, my, <laughs> with the service. <laughs> I think I have an extra one coming, so I got you covered. Okay, cool. 
Okay, I guess uh, the uh, Kenner, I mean, uh, <laughs> Hasbro bashing is done. Yeah, sorry, Hasbro. No, but... it's all right. <laughs> now, sometimes they need it. I mean, we we yeah. got to be truthful. I mean, I I love Star Wars, but I mean, at a certain point, you're just like, I, you know, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, and it's not like we haven't stopped supporting them all these years, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I mean, look at our look at our podcast, and you can tell the figures we bought since the beginning of the podcast. We are a Hasbro supporter. <laughs> oh yeah. So, ICCC, or for those that don't know what that means, Imperial Commissary Collectors Convention. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. At least it was this year. Uh, it might, or more than likely, I would say, it's going to move to a different location. It was at the Sheridan. A hotel near the airport and when i say near the airport i mean like right at the airport <laughs> it was <laughs> it was really close we were like a runway away from it <laughs> did you stay in a hotel close to the airport we were at that hotel oh okay we stayed did, did, at you the hear, one. did you hear planes taking off oh taking yeah off? <laughs> yeah yeah we could see them yeah, I did that one time when I was in Michigan, and it actually it kept waking me up during the night and stuff. It didn't wake me up. I mean, oh. you had to really listen for it to hear yeah. it. I, I think they've got some good, you know, sound deadening inside that, that hotel, because I never noticed until I was really trying to hear them or, you know, just trying to make sure or look out the window to see them, because you, oh, okay. you just cool. couldn't hear it. It wasn't that loud, really. That's good. Probably because... You know, we were at the end of the runway, past it, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. on, on down the road just a little bit. Um, the guy that puts it on, Michael Havens, who was on our podcast a couple episodes ago, he did a great job. Um, everything there, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a small venue. It's not real big. Um, so that's probably why they're going to move it to another one, just because there's not really a lot of room. So... You know, it's not like even the smaller conventions around here, like at Huntington or Charleston, those are bigger because <laughs> they got more space. But at least it's not all in the same room like it would be there. I don't like that about those places because for the panels, you couldn't, there's no way you could hear inside there because all the echoing and stuff. But uh, at this one, you could if you could get into them. The only thing, the only, only bad mark I have is that they didn't clear the panels even though they said they were going to. At the end of the panel, they should have cleared out the room and let other people get in, and they didn't. I was really upset about that because we missed Ian McDiarmid's to make sure that we could get in to see Anthony Daniels. And when we got in line to see Anthony Daniels, they said, oh, they're not clearing the room. I was like, what? They cleared it earlier. Why didn't they clear it now? And they was like, we don't know. I was like, well, that's ridiculous. I couldn't find... Uh, Mike to ask him why they didn't clear it and he wasn't in there I don't think or if he was I didn't see him mm-hmm. so I'm not real sure he's, he's a busy guy I mean he puts on the convention so he's doing you know all kinds of stuff at the time of the convention itself so hopefully next year it won't be like that because I, I really hated to miss I wanted to see at least one panel and because they weren't clearing the room there was no reason to even go back for others yeah. I mean, because they also had the Clone Wars people in there. Ashley Eckstein, uh, Matt Lanter, James Arnold Taylor, and Anna Graves. They had all those people in there for like a, a Clone Wars panel. 
and it was really disappointing not be able not to be able to go in there. Um, if you're a Star Wars collector and you like vintage stuff, this is the convention for you. They had a ton of it, more than any other convention I've been to, and I'm even talking Celebration, because Celebration just lets anybody sell anything Star Wars. It doesn't matter what it is. And some people even sell stuff that's not Star Wars, which, you know, it blows my mind why they even let them in there. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous to me. But this one would be the one that, that you need to go to if you're a vintage fan, at, you know, for sure. They had modern stuff, too. They had quite a bit of it. But uh, most of the other ones I've been to, you know, don't have a lot of vintage. Even the toy shows around here don't have a lot of vintage. They have some, and of course, they have, you know... A lot of the stuff you see everywhere, you know, as far as vintage, you know, the figures. Um, but this one had, you know, more rare figures like the Uncle Gundy I got. Most conventions you go to, you're not going to see that because they're harder to find. Yeah. And they had, they had Sis from and Tig from and R2 uh, droids with the pop-up lightsaber. I wasn't going to pay the prices they wanted for them. <laughs> uh, the Sis from sold for 1200 the Tig Fromm sold for, he had two of them. One of them was 700 and the other one was 800 or something like that. And then the R2 of the pop-ups lightsaber, they wanted 850 for. Another guy wanted 750 but that's still too much for me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not paying that much for one of those myself. Um, just because, I mean, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? They had... Um, they had a gaming setup, so if you were a gamer, they had board games, they had video games and tournaments for all of them. They had a podcast room for podcasters, so Carl needs to go next time so that we could set up a <laughs> podcast there. Um, they even had a petting zoo, of all things, which is kind of weird. Wow, that's and interesting. They had my wife's least favorite uh, snake. <laughs> they had snakes there. <laughs> Um, they had a kangaroo, they had a, uh, alligator dressed up as Loki. That's <laughs> kind of funny. It was a small one though. Uh, let's see, what else did they have? They had the Kenner designers, they had a lot of those there, and photographers, and like Ken Simmons, uh, that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and he's been on here, uh, before. Uh, they had actors from all the movies uh later on you'll hear an interview from sean crawford who was yak face uh let's see what else um i got a couple of designers so we got interviews with those and then uh, a few of the people who were just there at the podcast or uh, at the convention so i got a couple of interviews with just the regular people <laughs> that's awesome can't wait to listen to it um Let's see what else. Uh, How was the crowd? I'm, I assume it, it was uh, pretty packed. It wasn't really that bad. I mean, yeah. it it was crowded, but not so much to where it was like a Saturday celebration crowded, which mm -hmm. is like elbow to elbow <laughs> uh, on the actual uh, showroom floor, like where people are selling stuff. It's elbow to elbow at celebration on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah so that's... Uh, it's not that bad, because, uh, I mean, we got there on Friday, and Friday is for VIPs only, uh, for press, 
so I got to go in, and then anybody that has a booth of any kind, even that even club includes the club tables. We got to to go in there as well. I had a press pass, which you know, if you sign up for one, you could get a press pass, which that means you get in for free. Uh-huh. And so that gives us access to all the people. The only thing I don't understand is that the people who have a booth get in, uh, which is fine. They get in first. Like let's say the normal time to open is eleven. Well, they get in at nine or even earlier, and press pa- press people only get in an hour early, so we get in like ten. Well, you know, if you want to talk to people, the best time to do it is when nobody's there, because when the press get in, also the VIPs get in. So that means that th- these people that you want to interview might actually be busy with VIPs, and I would really like to be able to get in early. So I may talk to uh, Mike about that. I, I ended up. Stephanie bought a or got one of the club passes, so she got in. You know, she could get in earlier, so I just let her use my press pass, and I took her club pass and got in earlier, so I could interview people because otherwise they're just too busy. Yeah. So I I got several interviews and then had to stop because the one some of the others I want to talk to they were busy talking to actual you know customers or people. Yeah. Uh, the room sales, man, that was unbelievable how many people had stuff to sell <laughs> we got to get it we got to do it in the lobby we did last year and they'd let us do it again this year in the lobby of the hotel and there had to be 50 people set up i'd say wow and another you know 100 people walking around so it was uh it was crazy i do you watch or listen to any podcasts not as much as I used to. I have. I'm not in a while. Have you, so. uh, have you heard of Rebel Force Radio? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yes. Well, those yeah. guys were there. Jimmy and uh, yeah. Jason were there, mm-hmm. and of course, I've talked to Jimmy several times over the years, and and uh, so we had a chat while he was walking around looking at the table sales, and I was impressed with it because that's the first time they'd been there. Oh, cool. They did a podcast, and uh, so they had a bunch of people in there for their podcast. And uh, I ended up, you know, going around looking at all all the stuff people had for sale because there was tons of stuff. You know, they had I saw some vintage A wings. I saw sand crawlers, which you know I want. I need a sand crawler, but they were wanting like seven hundred dollars for it, and that's just too much for me. Um, I got uh, of course that fact Droid Factory set, and just about completed mine. If I can find my other my actual droid. Do you have a Droid Factory set? I don't. I got an extra one. <laughs> I'm torn though. I, when I come to, when it comes to me and vintage, I mo unless it's an action figure, I've just never d- desired to get it. If I never had one as a kid, so I don't mm. know. But yeah, I, I've I, never I been like that. Brother. If uh, if it's yeah. uh, if it's vintage, you know, I'm I'm going for it. Yeah, I understand. Of course, I always have to look for the best deals. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that you uh, that you have questions? Do you have any questions about ICCC? Um, like, if you were wanting to go, what would be some questions you'd ask me to say? Hmm. Well, that might make me want to go. <laughs> even if even if you don't, maybe somebody else is like thinking that too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What is a good? See, it's it's <clears throat> what Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a three yeah. day thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fridays for VIPs, and then Saturday and Sundays for everybody. Okay, so fr- Fridays VIPs only get in. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. 
what is or their press. hour? How late do they stay open in the like in the evening for like Saturday and Sunday? Uh, Saturday, it was I want to say ten to six. It could be ten to seven. I can't remember. It's either ten to six or ten to seven. And uh, Sunday was eleven to five or eleven to six. I can't remember. Something like uh, that. Yeah, I know you're not a big autograph person, but mm-hmm. do you know if they do like a uh, like a virtual line thing like they give you 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 go there and then they give you a time to come back or or anything like that or you just stand there and wait do you know anything about that that's a good question i saw a lot of lines so i'm going to say there is no virtual queue yeah so horror hounds with the bigger names Mm -hmm. they always do like a virtual queue you you walk over there and then they hand you a ticket that they tell you what time to come back and get in line again which i think really helps a lot Mm -hmm. and makes the autograph lines move more smoothly I know. So I thought I thought maybe like for the emperor they might be a virtual queue for him. See, they had him in a totally separate room, and mm-hmm. you couldn't get in there unless you had uh, a ticket to get in there. But they had a line outside the door yeah. where his room was. So I'm not real sure. You know, they might have because they didn't have a whole lot of people. There might have been 20 people in line, so they may have had a separate time to come back or something. Yeah, that's, that's, you'd think there'd be more than that, so probably they did, maybe, possibly. Yeah. I know there was a long line of people buying tickets, and they cut the tickets off at one thirty to buy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they had pre-sales that you could pay for a ticket ahead of time. And I know for a fact that he tries to get different people every year, so I can just about guarantee you that those two will not be back next year. Yeah. It'll be different people, because... Last year, they didn't have them. Uh, there was Daniel Logan. Um, I can't remember who else was there last year. It was supposed to be a lot more people. Um, like the guy that played R2 in the newer movies, he was supposed to be there, but a lot of them couldn't make it due to COVID. Yeah. Uh, the rules were restrictive on flying and stuff like that, so they couldn't even get in the country. Yeah, that, that hurt a lot of things like that last year, about being able to get into the country for conventions and stuff. And this one, masks were, you know, optional. But I saw I saw several people wearing them, so it's not like you know you were told you did you weren't allowed to wear them. But yeah, so I mean you could wear them. You did you didn't have to wear them. I saw people wearing them. I saw people not wearing them. And most of the time during the convention, it wasn't as crowded enough to where you were like felt overwhelmed. You know, because I don't like to get close, real close to people if I don't have to right now. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't uh, shy away from doing stuff either, but I don't go looking for it either to go up right next to people. So I, I try to keep my distance when talking to people, and most people did. Any other questions that you're thinking about? I'm thinking you should have asked me this beforehand. Yeah, I didn't think about it till just now. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, um is Hold there on. like? All right. So, uh, what was your next question? I was going to ask about, um, I know like Horror Hound has a section off by itself downstairs where they have um, food vendors and stuff, which is always convenient. You can, mm-hmm. you know, not leave on site. You can just get your get your lunch there or something. Do they do have a food section there as well? They have a restaurant, so you can order, you know, whatever they have if you want. They also had a, a cart out front that had uh, turkey wraps, salads. I mean, they're not like cheap. 
because they were ten dollars, I think, for the turkey wrap, and I think eight dollars for a salad. Yeah. But they're convenient because there's really nothing around there unless you just want to drive out and go get something. Yeah, that's the same thing in Horror Hound. Like, there's a place we always go to called Zombie Dogs, and it's like eight or ten dollars for a hot dog, but it mm-hmm. is definitely convenient. <laughs> they have um, some restaurants that are down the road a little bit, so you can always go out and get something. And this is not one of those conventions where you have to worry about missing an hour, although. It does take a while to get in because the line to get in was super long for those that have just regular passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that have vendor passes, club passes, or press passes, we didn't have to go through those lines. So we could just go in anytime we wanted, and they don't they don't check your bags or anything, which was kind of crazy. I thought you... <laughs> Everybody should have their bags checked. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Even if you are a vendor or a VIP, you know, like a podcast person or whatever, mm-hmm. you probably should still have your bags checked. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when they did, they was like, oh, we don't check their bags. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, next time I'll bring my knife in. Because <laughs> last year uh, they did check your bags, and I think they didn't, like, I guess tell everybody who were checking them to not check the people who were press. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, heck, I even stood in the regular line. It took forever to get in last year. But this year it was even worse because it wrapped all the way around the building just about. Uh, so if you get there, you got to get there early. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's well worth it. Um, you know, it may take you uh, at some points an hour if you're at the back to get in. So, you know, you have to come early. They may... Of course, if they get a different venue, they'll have more uh, ways to get in, I would hope. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Celebration is just as bad sometimes because they'll have one person. And that's what they have. They have one person checking bags, and then they should have had more, you know, to, to keep the line going. And instead of, you know, people who come up there going, well, I need, I've got my badge at will call, well, they would sit there and wait on them to pick out their badge Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, really? Just let the next person go. You know, keep the line going. So, oh, well. It was what it was, and I'm just glad I didn't have to wait in it. (laughs) But uh, I am thankful that I got a press badge and didn't have to to pay for it because, you know, we get to talk about it here on this podcast. And uh, Mike's always uh, appreciative of press for our, you know, for his event. Yeah. He's a really nice guy on our podcast. Too. Yeah, he's telling some interesting stories, and he's a he's a collector himself as well. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> big, big Boba Fett. Yeah. So, uh, anything? Any other questions? <sighs> Nothing else pops in my head right now. They had a special for the rooms too. The you know for that event, they were only I know it's not cheap cheap, but they were only two hundred dollars a night, which nowadays <laughs> it's yeah. not that bad. Every, with the process of everything going up, yeah. <laughs> we only stayed for two nights. We left Sunday. Um, but if, like, let's say next year they don't have celebration, I might want to stay through Sunday and then leave on Monday. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, is they only let so many people have late checkouts. So what do you do with your stuff in the meantime? You need to pack your car up, you know, which is what we had to do. Mm-hmm. In order to, uh, we packed some of our stuff up because we left at like uh, 11 and I think tw- checkout was at 12 and that's for normal checkout, which even that's kind of late. Most of the time it's like 10. So, you know, we, 
figured, well, we'll just go ahead and get out of here before 12, because we didn't want to have to pay any extra for being late. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, also on the, that Saturday night, like Friday night was the the big room sales at the in the lobby. Saturday, they had room sales in the rooms themselves. So if you wanted to set up stuff in your room, you could. And uh, people walked around and went from room to room buying stuff from other people, and we did the same. How does that work? Does people just leave their like their doors open yeah. and taking part in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I left. I had a table, so I just set the table, you know, and then put stuff on the the TV counter there or whatever it was, the dresser drawers. Just put some stuff on top of it, and then kind of blocked off the rest of the room so they couldn't get over to the other st- our other stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, so we did that. Went about, uh, gosh. Oh, three, four hours of all that going around <laughs> and selling stuff in the room. Yeah. Heck, some people did it for even longer. It was crazy. Um, but also on that Saturday night, they have a big, big screen outside. And they played Rogue One on their big, big screen. I mean, it's like 100, you know, inches or something. I mean, it was maybe long, maybe more than that. Maybe like 10 feet. It was big. Wow. It's one of those blow-up ones. Oh, okay, yeah. It was pretty cool looking. Uh, we didn't go watch it because uh, we we were too busy looking at room sales and actually selling stuff. Did you just sell all modern stuff, or did you have any extra vintage stuff? I had sell? some extra vintage, uh, but nobody actually bought any. I was kind of surprised. Uh, uh, everything I sold was all modern, and I think I sold uh, like eight T-shirts. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I think I finally broke even on them. <laughs> That's awesome. That means people, if people's buying your t-shirts, they must be listening to us. <laughs> yeah, well, a funny story about that, too. I forgot to, to mention that. Oh, okay. On three different occasions, I was talking, and somebody walked by, and they go, your voice sounds familiar. And I was like, I pointed to my shirt, and I was like, is this where you heard it? And they was like, <laughs> yes! So, we do have listeners out there. That's awesome. Yeah. One of them was like, uh, I am going to send you some Ask Bo questions. And I was like, okay, well, I'm challenging that person to send me Bo, Ask Bo questions because you said you would. So I yeah, want to hear them. And every time I ask you if he's got any, you say, nope, nobody sent him any. Hey, I had some last time. They're on the last podcast. Did you listen oh, to the end of it? I didn't. You didn't tell me that. Well, when we didn't finish, when we did to get, didn't okay. get the finish, yeah, I went ahead. Or uh, did I put them on that one or not? No, I don't think I did. I think I'm going to put them on this one. Oh, that, okay. okay, that's what it was. Okay. Well, yeah, the other one was the... too long, although this one's yeah. getting pretty long, too. <laughs> but I will put them on here. There is some Ask Bo questions that somebody uh, sent in a while back. So you're definitely putting him on this one? Yes, definitely okay. put him on this one. I was going to say, you're turning this into the, just the um, where, um, crap, where Neelix was having a podcast on the um, Voyager, and he kept not putting the doctor on an episode. So I'm pushing you back to the next episode, doctor. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to do that just because there's a lot here, but I, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to put them on here. So uh, we got to challenge that guy to uh, send in some ask Bo questions. Awesome. Cause he was like, I, I I'm listening to you in the car and you, after you say the email, I don't have anything to write it down. I'm driving. And I was like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute here. So I gave him our car, our business card, and I was like, you have no excuse now. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Because I always kept some with me in my pocket just in case I needed to give them to people. Well, that's all I've, got, I've really got to say about yeah. about this. I know uh, 
I'm sure Stephanie's probably listening to this going, you forgot this, <laughs> but hey, it's what it is. And we it's, can't get her to come on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wouldn't matter right now. She couldn't talk anyway. <laughs> well, normally we can't get her to come on here anyway. <laughs> True. Yep. Oh, well. I mean, me and Bo talk for a good 20 minutes, I think, because we also talk about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, the yeah. Star Wars Lego game. Did you so, all pick that? So you all picked that up? I hadn't picked it up yet. Yeah, yeah. He's already beat it. Oh, wow. Um, my brother picked up the game. He picked up like the regular version. And then one of his co-workers came up to him at work and was like, he's like, man, I know you're big into Lego and I don't care about this. And he gave him the little minifigure that was in the deluxe oh. edition that sold out. And that thing I is couldn't get it. pricey now. Mm-hmm. The guy just gave it to him. It's well over $50. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, that's awesome. He said, yeah. He said the guy said, I knew, I knew you like Legos and would appreciate it, so he <laughs> gave it to him. Oh well, sometimes that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's it. You want to read out our right, uh, outros there? First of all, we have our Patreon, and we want to thank our Patreon um, members. And me and Brian was actually talking about something before we started. We might start adding some blooper reels to our let our patreon members laugh at us so if you want to sign up for a patreon member you can also possibly hear our mistakes here in the near future which it is at it's patreon.com slash the star wars collector we're also on facebook which is facebook.com slash the star wars collector podcast we have a facebook group as well and you can still leave us an iTunes review if you feel inclined to do so. And we're on Discord. Are you still checking that? <laughs> yeah, well, if somebody posts in there, it gives me a notification. So. Oh, okay, cool. And um, TSWCpodcast at gmail.com is our is our email address. Oh, my brain froze for a second. <laughs> and you can re- reach us on Twitter at TSWCpodcast. And this month's Facebook shout-out goes to Steve Gold. Or Gould, however you pronounce it. (laughs) Yeah, whichever one. Well, thanks for listening, Steve. And everyone else for listening to us. Yeah. And uh, our next podcast will be all about Star Wars Celebration. Not sure if I can get any, you know, good interviews, per se, just because that's not really the type of show where you can go and get interviews from stars, especially. Mm-hmm. Now, I can probably get some from vendors, so uh, send in send in questions you would like for me to ask to some of the vendors and, and companies like, you know, like Hallmark and Hasbro, uh, uh, Kotobukiya, Sideshow, Gentle Giant, uh, any of those top companies. Send us an email, tswcpodcast at gmail.com. Asking what questions, or you know, tell, letting us know what questions you would like for me to ask, mm-hmm. if I can get to them. Anything else? Not that I can think of. All right, and it's uh, it's frozen, but hey, it'll still be. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Brian, and I'm here for the Ask Bo section with none other than Bo. Hi. Hey, Bo. How's everything going? Good. What have you been doing lately? No. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> All right. Well, we have got 
some Ask Bo questions. And this comes from uh, one of our listeners, Chris P. He also goes by Whiskey Chicken. <laughs> uh, let's see, what does he ask? He's like, what is Bo's favorite Star Wars movie? What is your favorite Star Wars movie? Hmm? Which which one of the movies is your favorite? I'm trying to think. You want me to name them? Okay. So you got The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, Solo, and Rogue One. What is your favorite? Huh? Rogue One? No. Uh, the last one of the, or what, the the trilogy of trilogies? Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker? Okay. Why is The Rise of Skywalker your favorite? Because it has my favorite droid in it. What's your favorite droid? Dio. Dio? That's cool. What else did you like about that movie? The Sith Troopers. The Sith Troopers? That, they that's said cool. They fly now. <laughs> Yeah, those weren't Sith troopers. Those were just I know. Troopers, jet troopers. Jet troopers, yeah. Okay. Um Let's see what what else makes it your favorite? What about um what about C3PO being in this one a lot more than he was some of the other new ones? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, cuz you didn't even recognize him in The Force Awakens, you know. Because had a red arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what is? What are you looking most forward to at this year's Star Wars celebration? What are you looking forward to the most? What do you want to? What do you want to see or do the most at celebration? See what droids are in the droid room. See what droids are in the droid room. Okay, that's cool. I like the droid room too. Anything else? Anything else? What? Nothing. Um, what else do you like to do at celebrations? Hello? Is this mic on? <laughs> testing, testing. Yeah, it works. <laughs> what do you like to do at celebration when you're there? Do you like to just walk around see people dressed in costumes yep okay what kind of costumes do you want to see people wearing clone trooper okay clone troopers those are good what else what do you want to dress up as han solo you want to dress up as han solo all right that's cool which which version young young the the one from the movie solo no oh you mean the Older, young Han Solo <laughs> from the original movie, A New Hope. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? No. No? Okay. Um, who do you think would win in a lightsaber duel? Darth Maul or Luke Skywalker, and why? Darth Maul, because... He's more skilled than Luke. Really? Okay. 
Any other any other aspects of his lightsaber? And he has two blades. He has a double blade. Yes, that's cool. I like the double bladed lightsaber. I actually have it. Yeah, I have the Disney version from the parks. You get two of them and you can put them together. Hmm. Cool. <clears throat> um, if you could bring one character from the original trilogy into the Mandalorian series, who would it be? Who from the original trilogy, the, the New Hope, Empire, or Return of the Jedi, who from those three movies would you bring into the Mandalorian series? Because remember, it's only five years after Jedi, so it could be anybody, just about, unless they're dead. So who would, who would you want to bring into that series? That would be cool to see. Darth Vader. He's dead. Remember? Okay. He died in Return of the Jedi. That's okay. It, it, we're looking for somebody that was in those movies, but is still alive when Jedi is over with. So, you know, you're talking Han, Leia, Luke, C-3PO, R2-D2. R2-D2 is already in the Mandalorian. Lando. He's in the Mandalorian? Yeah. When was he in the Mandalorian? Seriously. I don't remember him being in the Mandalorian. Luke. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but... Okay, I guess you got those two. You got Luke and and R two. Han, you think Han Han would be good? I think that would be cool. I'd love to see Han Solo, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Not unless they get the a newer version, because Harrison Ford is too old to do it. And I don't think they would do it. Any he would want to do it anyway. That would be cool though. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Anybody else? I really don't think they could do Leia just because they'd have to maybe do like they did with Rogue One and have somebody else stand in and but I mean I guess they could do it. I mean heck they do. Uh, they didn't really have Mark Hamill there. So, you know, they could do anybody, I guess, <laughs> with the technology they got these days. C3PO. C3PO would be cool. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got. Um, what we do? What what day was yesterday? May the fourth. May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. And today's Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> what do we do? What all we, we do? We watched a New Hope. We watched the New Hope. After we ate what? We ate Wookie cookies. Ate Wookie cookies. We had. What do we have for supper? Mandalorian pancakes. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian well, I mean waffles. waffles. Yeah. And BB-8 waffles. <clears throat> um, let's see. What have we not covered? Oh. What, uh, what have you been playing recently? Um, the Skywalker Saga. Yeah, the Skywalker Lego Skywalker Saga. And I saga. finished it. And you finished it. Cool. Yeah, you finished it pretty quickly too. Yep. Have you done any of the side missions now to get get all those things? I've got two of the astromechs from side missions. Cool. But I forgot their names. What do they look like? Just describe them. One's uh, yellow and blue. Yellow and I blue. What the other one was? Is that R two B one? No. I don't okay. Know. I you don't forgot. know. Okay. I know R two B one is yellow and blue. 
But uh, what was the other one colored? I forgot. Okay. So you got two of the droids. Uh, what other characters have you seen in there that you like? Roger. Roger? Who's Roger, for those that don't know? He's from the Freemakers. Okay. What on kind Disney of, Plus. Yeah, on Disney Plus. Let's give a Disney Plus plug there. <laughs> so, okay, so he's on there, but what is he... What is he exactly? A battle droid. A battle droid, okay. A Geonosis battle droid. Geonosis B, is it B1? Yeah. B1 There's battle droid. There's only B1 battle droids. There's B2 battle droids. There is? Mm-hmm. Those are super battle yeah, droids. Yeah, exactly. So that's another battle droid. Ah. So, so you got that. Any other characters that you think is cool? Do you have D.O.? Yes, and Santa D.O. Santa D.O.? <laughs> Get him with a cheat code. <laughs> And Santa C-3PO. Cool. So tell us something about this Lego Skywalker saga. What what all do you do in it? Where do you go? What do you you know what what does it encompass? What uh, like what what movies does it you know guide you through? All nine of them. All nine of the saga. Yeah, except for three. No, all nine's in there. No, Mandalorian. That's not a movie. Well, kinda. It's a TV show. Well, you can uh, get the expansion pack. Oh, okay. And for Rogue that. One. Rogue One's not in there, right? Yeah. And it's an expansion pack. Oh, is it an expansion pack? Yeah. Okay. Even the Bad Batch. What about Solo? Yeah, that one too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, so, we were talking the other day about the Death Star. Remember? Okay. We had a little talk about the Death Star, you and Mommy. And how does it fly? Oh, yeah. Also, it's it's a um, playable ship. It's a playable ship in the game? Yeah, if you do a task by an Ewok on indoor. Okay. What, um... So when it goes... You were talking about hyperdrive. And then... Or somebody was talking about hyperdrive, and then you guys start talking about, well, how? Why does it take so long for it to, you know, start shooting their base? And what? What, what did you say? Did you say you didn't know, or you said that they should have used hyperdrive to do it, or what? Because I was I confused that you didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, for for those big ships, if they don't hyperdrive, you know, use their hyperdrive and go straight to that one side of the planet then they have to actually, you know, rotate around the planet. They can't, or, you know, use their repulsors or whatever you want to call them to go instead of hyperdrive. Because if you do hyperdrive, even for just a split second, you know, you're going to be halfway through the star star system. (laughs) Because that's how fast it goes. It's, you know, really, really fast. Um... So what what did we watch? What other what other things did we watch yesterday? We watched the Obi Wan trailer. What did you think uh, about it? <laughs> it was cool. Anything you see in there that you liked a lot? Did you see the the bad guys? Who's the bad guys? The Inquisitors. Inquisitors, yes. Yeah, I think they look cool. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you you notice in there? Was there any droids or anything? Did you see droids? Or characters? What what did you see? 
I know one thing, it kind of looked like Darth Vader's castle, but there was water surrounding it, so it didn't, I'm not sure what that was. It wasn't Darth Vader's castle. It just kind of looked like it. Yeah, it kind of did. What kind of, so, let's see, what else is there? What'd you, did you do anything at school for May the 4th? Yeah. What'd you do at school? I colored a, um, R2-D2 coloring sheet. A coloring sheet, cool. It looked good, I saw it. And so, uh, where'd you do that? I was in, what was that, in the library? Yeah. That's cool. Was the, the librarian a fan of Star Wars? Kinda. Kinda? He got confused. He got confused? What do you mean? What did he say? Well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. What did, what did he get confused about? You don't Star know? Wars? He got confused about Star Wars. I'm not sure what that means, but okay. <laughs> um, oh, we're going to talk about uh, some jokes. Don't you have some jokes? Don't you have some Star Wars jokes? Don't you tell some of your Star Wars jokes? Um, we got, let's see, what was one of them? Uh, what is Han Solo's favorite coffee? It's Java the Hut. <laughs> that should be his least favorite. Exactly, but that's what the joke is. So, uh, what was the one you made up? You forgot? Yeah. How'd you forget? Should have wrote it down, I guess. Um... I can't remember it either, to be honest with you. <laughs> Come on, you know what it is. What is it? You remember it now? Tell it. Alright, what is it? What's a Sith, baby Sith, favorite thing to drink out of? A Sithy cup. <laughs> a Sithy cup. That's pretty cool. You made that joke up, didn't you? Yep. I've never heard that one before. That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. There you go. What's the next one? What did Darth Vader's teacher say when he was disturbing it, her class? A sit down and be quiet. <laughs> you don't need to say the A. That's the answer. Who, who serves food at the Death Star restaurant? Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Alright, you want to do that one? Yeah. Who do you call the person who brings dinner to a rancor? No, what do you call? Oh. The... Appetizer. The appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi are in a Chinese restaurant, and Luke can't figure out how to use the chopsticks. Finally... Obi-Wan says, use the forks, Luke. <laughs> How do Ewoks contact each other when they're apart? <laughs> Ewokie talkies. <laughs> That's funny. What do you call Chewbacca when he has chocolate in his hair? Chocolate chip Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> Why shouldn't R2-D2 be allowed in movies? He says too many foul wor wor words. They have to bleep everything he says. 
What did Chewbacca get sent? Or, I should say, why did Chewbacca get sent back down to the minor league baseball? To, this is okay. Somebody screws this up. Yeah, should why did Chewbacca get sent back down to the minor league? He makes too many Wookie mistakes <laughs> instead of rookie. Wookie. Huh. What did the Jedi say to the sheep? May the force be with you. You. That's what a sheep are called as a you. That's E W E. What? <laughs> what did the sweet potato say to Luke Skywalker? I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> Why is a droid mechanic mechanic never lonely? Because it's always making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right this will be the last one what do you call a jedi who's in denial obi cannot be <laughs> okay one more what did the emperor palpatine say when asked how many pizzas the jedi needed for the super bowl party order 66 <laughs> yes Execute Order 66. Alright, that was pretty funny. We thank uh, Chris P. for his questions. And hope more people ask questions for Bo. I know I met some people at uh, ICCC. And they'll be sending out some, hopefully some questions as well. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you again soon. I guess the next one, next podcast will probably be about celebration say goodbye bo bye hey everybody this is brian i am at iccc and i am here with three gentlemen who are collectors and we're going to talk to them about what they collect so uh, say your name and uh, what you collect Hi, i'm steve lopacki um my girlfriend's son is the big collector. He collects Black Series stuff. I kind of just smear all over the place and just get what I like. I'm not into the high-value stuff. Uh, just like Star Wars, so we, we decorate the house with it a little bit and, and got things all over the place. So I'm kind of a everything except three and three-quarter figures. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, I'm Andy Houston. I'm from Gary, Indiana. I've uh, been collecting three and three-quarter-inch Star Wars figures uh, Kenner line, Ewoks, droids, last 17, and now recently uh, TVC. Uh, so been doing it since 1977 and a half. <laughs> so have the entire line uh, of uh, Kenner originals and uh, Ewoks and droids. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's been fun. And uh, TVC has been a challenge, as as everybody knows. A lot of the either vendors swoop in and grab things up and buy everything uh, for pre-orders or you're trying to chase down pre-orders or scratching your head wondering, did, did I get into that pre-order? Uh, oh, why are three cases showing up at my house? Oh, oh okay. So, I do that too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really difficult to keep track. So uh, thank goodness for Excel spreadsheets, you know, uh, and checklists, right? You, most people would think, well, because you're over 50, maybe you don't remember like you used to. No, no, no. It was much easier to collect a long time ago. <laughs> All right, thanks. Okay, and what about you? Uh, 
Hi, my name is James West. I'm from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Uh, started out collecting in the 90s with micro machines and involved into uh, mainly patches and pins. Uh, they're smaller, easier to collect, uh, although I do find a lot of times vendors will, especially if they're part of a, of a collection, they will try to hold you hostage and have you purchase one of their other items that to, in order to get a pin or a patch that you're particularly looking for. Uh, other than that, a lot of times, uh, especially with the puzzle patches, you have to hunt down people. And sometimes that can be a real challenge, especially in a big, busy uh, convention. Uh, other than that, uh, just a little bit of everything and uh, and coming to the conventions and uh, trying to meet uh, the actors and authors of the books and uh, finding out uh, what uh, they enjoy about being part of it all. Oh, cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, we'll go also. Next question will be about ICCC and what uh, what's your favorite part of it's been so far, and we'll go with Steve. Uh, probably the intimacy of it that you're – you get to meet the stars. We volunteer. This is the second time. Andy's done it three three times now or four? Three. Um, and you get to work with the stars like uh, Anthony Daniels, Ian McDermott were great. Um, uh, who's the voice guy? James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold Taylor. Awesome. Um, we brought our kids, and they're big fans of the cartoons. So they, they got all the autographs and pictures with all the voice actors. So that kind of thing how 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 close it is and too you know like for the midwest you get stuff from all over we're trying to fill holes in zach's collection right now and we we did a good job where we've only got a few more of the black series to get to be full up through until new stuff comes out <laughs> okay nice all right andy how about you uh me and my wife enjoyed the thought that we're we're planting the seeds for the next generation of uh star wars and collector buffs uh, we've, like Steve said, we volunteered for the last three years and, uh, Mike really has his finger on the pulse of collectors, right? He's, he does his best to make this the most affordable, enjoyable, uh, experience where, you know, uh, shows like Celebration, it just seems like they're so after ringing you out, you know, the, the day you get out of the show, your pockets are empty, there's nothing left, and you're probably in the next month's mortgage at least, you know, half a payment. But uh, Mike has found a way to make it not only enjoyable, but uh, affordable. And uh, the people that, that come to this event are just, you know, everybody's a sweetheart. Anybody you haven't met yet is, is on the same page as you, they're all doing the same things. They're they're all uh, enjoying collecting, and the camaraderie that that you experience here is unparalleled. All right, thanks, Andy. How about you, James? Well, this is my first time being here, and um, I I love the the fact that it was close enough I could drive down here with my wife, and we could spend a weekend together. Uh, probably the best part is that the ICC is small enough that you can get around and see everybody, yet big enough to attract uh, some of the bigger named uh, people that you want to get autographs from and 
something that I wasn't expecting, but I did find a special exclusive pen here that was all the way from Argentina. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, so that's going to go in my collection, and I'm really pleased with that. I've been tickled to death with the whole experience. All right, thanks. Anybody have anything else they, they want to mention? Uh, I picked up a couple of really neat things. Even though I've been collecting for a very long time, uh, I did get a remote control sand crawler, three and three quarter inch. Nice, I need one. And uh, I also picked up a land speeder remote control with the, with the intact clicker. Which yeah, I need one too. Very difficult to find. So, yeah. All right, thanks. Anybody else? All right, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yep. Hey everybody, I am here with Sean Crawford, who played Yakface. So, uh, Mr. Crawford, how did you get to be Yakface? How, how did this all come about? Okay, uh, back in the 80s, uh, I was a performing mime artist. I uh, studied mime and uh, performed mime and had a, a show with a, alongside a, another partner called Tim Dry. And, um, yeah, we had this sort of stage show, which was quite popular in England at the time. And we'd done many, many TV shows and performed from live rock concerts to uh, performing for the Queen uh, in Drury Lane. So we were sort of established act. And uh, I think it must have been uh, 81. Uh, we were called upon to go to a casting for, uh, uh, well, we didn't know it was Star Wars at the time, but they were recruiting uh, mime artists uh, from around UK um, to, uh, yeah, to turn up at a, at a, a, a casting. Uh, we went along there, and um, actually it was Robert Watts, uh, the co-producer who was at it, and uh, he actually knew our act, so we were sort of like uh, fast-tracked through to the... To oh, okay, the, uh, so you had a little inside knowledge because of that. No, we had no idea. No, we, you, we, you know, we were blind. Oh, okay. So it was all sort of hush hush. No, no, okay. we, we, it was all. Yeah, George Lucas is pretty much like that on, on everything he does. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, we was we got through and the uh, waited for the official call, um, and uh, then we, I think it was like a month later, four weeks or something, uh, we we got through and uh, next thing I knew is going to Elstree, Boreham Wood, which was the uh, location of the studios in England and uh, I say a lot of and errs don't I? It's okay. <laughs> Sorry guys I'm not very good at uh, talking on radio I'm a mime artist. Yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, yes what happened uh, I was presented to Yakface uh, Phil Tippett who's did the So that was the first one that you even got shown was Yakface? You didn't get like I like they go mm. or do you want you know like did they have several of them and then well, it was only out of, I don't know, 30, 50 people. I, I didn't, can't remember how many people went to the casting. Uh, I think nine of us got through uh, from various performers okay. um, to actually be in the cast. There were, there were other people that wore, um, that were actually uh, sort of background artists uh, to make the numbers. But we were, I think we were called in for special areas um, at the time. So... When we entered the, the the studio where all the Phil Tippett studio where all the the uh, characters were, it was a matter of whatever fits you, 
you were it. Oh, okay. So, uh, because they were all made in America. Right. Uh, and then shipped across. So uh, they didn't know our sizes, and you know these were made like six months ahead or something. You know there was a lot to be to be done. I mean I don't know the, the timings on that. Uh, and Yak Face is the one I got, um, which was a, a one of the biggest um, characters. The, the head was tall and heavy, and yeah, heavy was the thing. I had to be strapped in. It was the, unlike uh, the prosthetics nowadays. This was a a sort of fiberglass, fiberglass sort of base covered with a, a foam and then covered with a latex. Um, yeah, sorry. I've lost my thought there. Um, that's okay. Uh, so that's how I was introduced to him. Um, did you did you play any other parts? Uh, yeah, um, a, a lot of us uh, played... Uh, I mean, I played a Mon Calamari officer as well. So after filming, was it three to four weeks of uh, Yak Face on the sail barge and also Jabba's Palace. So those were two, two of the, uh, the uh, scenes we were in. Um, I went on to do another week's filming as a Mon Calamari officer. So, yeah, I mean, it was good. Good guy, bad guy. <laughs> Split personality. So, yeah, I mean, that was my introduction to um, the film. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it for your thank you for your time. That's uh, no problem at all. All right. Thanks. Hey, this is Brian again, and I am here with Mr. Tom Osborne, who was a creator on the Kenner line of Star Wars, of course. And uh, so, Mr. Osborne, how did you get involved to, to start with, and what did you actually design and, and take care of? Uh, well, I went to the University of Cincinnati and. Um it's an industrial design major, and uh, the uh, school has a co-op program, which is a mandatory part of the five-year design program there. And I ended up co-oping at, at uh, Kenner in 1972, and then was uh, hired on after I graduated, and just happened to be there when Star Wars showed up. I was in the preliminary design group with Jim Swearingen, and uh, uh, we got the script, and started working on some of the toys uh, at that time under Dave Okada was our, our boss and um, in the process of uh, I was there until 1991 until uh, Jim and I formed Soda and so I eventually ended up director of design and worked on many many projects I don't I can't say I designed any individual thing myself uh, because I oversaw a group of about 35 designers and the sculptors and the soft goods people so they were all under my uh, umbrella, so uh, directed all those all those people and all the product lines, all the production stuff, not just Star Wars. But uh, when Star Wars first came, I I guess the one that I had the most impact on initially was Ad At. I think we did I did a lot of work on that initially. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had one. <laughs> Um, but, they probably yeah. got some out here on the yeah, floor. I know, I know. But I have to take all my proceeds from here today. To, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, we did. It was a great time, you know, because we uh, we got to present stuff to Lucas in person um, and uh, got to uh, see stuff uh, ahead of time. You know, I remember uh, Tom Clark, who was the, the product manager on the line, the marketing guy, he and I flew out to California to see the second movie. We left at uh, like 8 o'clock in the morning in Cincinnati, flew out to L.A., went to the movie, went to dinner, got on a plane and came back. We were gone 22 hours. Oh, man. Yeah, but... Uh, but we saw the first time the second movie was shown, and you know, sitting there in the theater, and and Mark Hamill's next to me, and Harrison Ford's in front of me, and, and, and you know it was a really I was like 
20, what, 28, 29 years old. And it was, you know, really young and fun to be around all those stars at that time. So it was really kind of magical. And, and, and the Kenner was great. You know, you had the opportunity. I was in uh, Chuck Norris's kitchen with him uh, getting product approved. Uh, Tim Burton, um, uh, Spielberg, of course. And then it was just great. But with Star Wars, is you know, it's uh, something that... It was a job, you know, nobody expected it to be what it is now. Uh, and the amazing thing is that every other toy company turned it down. And Kenner was the last person they went to, the last company they went to. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of, it's amazing that Hasbro had to, you know, buy it to get it back from us. So, or, yeah. um, so now during the process of you being a supervisor over people, uh, what is one of the things that you had to make sure was done right, you know, in order to get those products out as quick as possible? Well, we had schedule. We had a whole group that that uh, did a critical path from of the from the one the toy was uh, given the go ahead to start to say it was going to be a product uh, on to when it was uh, to be shipped. You have to ship toys in about August for Christmas, so there was a critical path that would all the, with all the major. Uh, touch points that had to be like sculpting had to be finished the, the patterns had to be done the artwork had to be done everything has a certain uh, point along this critical path and you had to make sure that that was hitting those times including approval which is, a, is the most uh, important one that you had approval from Lucasfilm you had to make sure that the, uh, there was continuity in the, the color palette and the, the style everything looked like it went with everything else that it looked like it from the movie um, that it followed the the, uh, the the guidelines that Lucas had sent, you know, or had set for us. Lucas was pretty strict in that. Uh, George Lucas is probably the most flexible, believe it or not. Uh, his his minions were a lot tighter with him. I, we would we would much rather uh, much rather present stuff to him individually because uh, he thought like de- like a designer, where his his uh, marketing people thought like business people where we could uh, we would show him features and things that he and he would understand them and appreciate them and we had a lot better chance of getting stuff approved if we were just showing them right to him so what was the normal timeline for a toy from you know from product design all the way to it coming out in the stores because you you guys didn't get it until in 77 wasn't it yeah that was because yeah we got the the i think we first saw it in like february or march first saw the, the property um, it was originally supposed to be four figures and an X-Wing that was the entire line and then I can remember we were in a product meeting and um, in May uh, and they brought in the Time magazine with Darth Vader on the cover and that kind of accelerated everything and and then they had to figure out how to get product out and that's when that mailing thing happened and we had to come up with ideas of what we, we could do that didn't take any hard tooling any steel tooling things that we can make in time but it takes about a year uh, to do a product sometimes quicker now with with uh, with some of the uh, technology that we have now that we didn't have back then Uh, yeah you didn't have computers you had just (laughs) no everything was drawn by hand Uh, you know we had a huge drafting department and um, there was no uh, pro e or uh, or anything like that but uh, that we have now and then uh, so everything had to be drawn by hand and and checked by hand and a lot of back and forth the parts didn't quite fit the first shots that you got so that took a, a lot of time so uh, I imagine it's uh, 
Uh, I'm still, I still teach it at the University of Cincinnati, but I'm not uh, actively de designing anything anymore, so I'm not sure uh, how much less that I'm sure it has uh, compacted that time now, but it's still probably eight, nine months to get something out, even in a hurry, because you have to cut steel, uh, make sure that the, you know, that the parts, the mold works and the parts go together and all that kind of stuff, so it takes a while. So how did the process change over the years? Because you started in 72 as an intern, right? Yeah. And then in 91, you left to go to another company. So in that time period, at 19 years, like how much of it did it change? Did you actually start working on it with computers by the time you were leaving there? A little bit. Yeah, we've, uh, one of the things that I started my group was bringing Alias in. Alias is a, um, I don't know how much it's used now, but Alias was a program first started in the automotive industry. And it was it's a it was a uh, a program that was used to do the complex surfaces of an automobile, and we started using that uh, probably I would say in the late '80s, somewhere along in there. Um, but it was hasn't technology wasn't quite it was starting to rear its head then, but it hadn't really taken off, taken off like it is now. You know, or now you can design it at home. You know, on your on your iPad. So I just got a new iPad and there's a program called um, Procreate which is a drawing program which is magic uh, and uh, that's what I teach now and it, it's it, problem is now anybody can be a designer and anybody can make it but it doesn't mean it's good or it looks good or it works well you know oh, yeah. but anybody can be a designer so so what is the the one toy Star Wars wise that you saw come through when you were there that you just like I really liked that Oh, uh, I, I guess the ad at was kind of neat. Um, I was showing some guys yesterday um, that uh, there was a, uh, a designer named Sid Mead who's a very famous uh, futurist and uh, did a lot of Hollywood stuff. He did Tron and uh, Logan's Run and, and uh, Blade Runner, and um, he did a series for a series of illustrations. He was very famous for his futuristic predicting the future, and he did a bunch of them for um, U.S. Steel. And there's one in there, one of his paintings there. These are from the mid-60s. And there's one in there that's a dead nuts uh, thing. It's the feet and everything are just like the ad at. And the ad, the ad at was, I mean, nobody can deny that it was borrowed. Uh, from, well, he borrowed a lot of stuff. Yes, he did. That's And he put them together in a creative way. So I think, uh, so I was kind of familiar with the ad at before it be, before it was used in Star Wars, or at least that kind of mechanism. So I think that one, but you know, believe it or not, I'm not, uh, uh, as much as the people here are crazy about Star Wars, I'm that way about the Indianapolis 500. So I'm, that's that's my passion in life. Yeah, everybody has their own passion. <laughs> I'll pull my shirt up here, I think I got one on. It's, uh, see, it's, uh... Oh nice, <laughs> Mobile, 1965, Indianapolis 500. Right. In fact, I, I do a show here in a couple of weeks where I'm a vendor and, and sell stuff. Uh, so Star Wars, I, I enjoyed it, I, but I'm not nuts about it like some of the people here are. You know? Like me? Yeah, like, well, not the, even I'm not to the level that uh, Jim Swearingen or Tim Effler are, you know, so who were my business partners after we all, all three of us left Kenner. Um, but uh, it was, a, I just wish I kept more stuff, you know, and I had three sons, and they played with a lot of stuff, so I do have stuff at home, and I have th four grandsons, and... Uh, you know, they were one was in from California this week, and they still play with you know that kind of stuff. But it has the the legacy has been passed on. Sort of, my my oldest son is an uh, was an animator and, and is uh, 
twice been nominated for an Oscar and won an Oscar. Nice. Yeah, so he's, and I think a lot of the drawing and the the toy design influence that I did was was passed on to him, so he's kind of still doing that kind of stuff, so it's still living on, even though, uh, even though it's not Star Wars, so, yeah. Well, that's nice, and uh, I thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Mr. Osborne. And, uh... Well, this whole thing here today is just... This weekend's been unbelievable. I can't, the amount of people is, is just phenomenal, you know? She couldn't hardly walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yesterday was nuts. It was, it was. I, I, hoped, I hope I get some people in my, my presentation today, so. Yeah, I, I wish I could be here. I wanted to be here, but I got to leave in about an hour. <laughs> so. yeah, a lot of, yeah, well, Sunday's going to be light, I think, so. But that's the way it goes, so. But thanks for having me. Thanks for Yeah, time. thanks for your time. All right. Is that okay? Yes. All right, everybody, I'm here now with uh, Tim Effler. So uh, Mr. Effler was one of the designers, is that right? Original designers on Star Wars, plus I got control and managed the final days of Star Wars within Kenner. <laughs> okay, that's nice. That's something to be proud of, I don't know, but I, d I was in charge of the design development conceptual aspects of what we d were doing with Star Wars as it slowly died. <laughs> So you designed the the little shuttle that connects to the Millennium Falcon originally, correct? Correct. That was done as part of uh, many concepts we presented as a pitch to how we could extend the life of the line. Uh, uh, initially done to the internal Kenner management, and that was uh, eventually presented to George Lucas as well. And... Uh, George Lucas was fine with us going forward with it, but he wasn't going to support it with content. In other words, he had no movie planned or whatever. And that really spelled the, the death. That was the death knell within the Kenner management because they weren't going to do it if there wasn't any content to support it. Despite my efforts to say, you guys don't understand, Star Wars is like uh, Canone Space, like G.I. Jones, military. That was always my mantra. That was always what I was saying. You know, it was like I felt that it had... It was an evergreen kind of property, and we could extend it regardless of content, you know. But I didn't get that. Didn't happen for another several years until the next wave of movies came out. So you, uh, what's when did like? Let's tell us like the backstory of how you started with the Star Wars line. Well, uh, <clears throat> I I was a designer within Kenner. I started school. I, I after I graduated from the industrial design program at the University of Cincinnati, I was hired as an industrial designer within the girls' toy group um, and worked at first on the, the um, Six Million Dollar Man doll. And it's interesting that I was in the to girls' toy group, but the girls' toy group did all dolls. And so, and you know, and at that time, uh, Six Million Dollar Man um, was considered a doll. In fact, we always called it the Six Million Dollar Man doll line. You know, we didn't call it an act. Actually, I believe that the term action figure was created by Hasbro because uh, they didn't want to call G.I. Joe a doll. <laughs> so everybody kind of adopted it. But uh, So the fact that um, the girls' toy group did dolls, when Star Wars, when we started the development of Star Wars, um, um, you know, through Jim Swearingen's efforts, we were primarily focused on this three and three-quarter inch line. But the standard in the industry at that time for action figures was 12 inches. You know, you talk about Big Jim, G.I. Joe, Six Million Dollar Man, and, and among others. That was the standard. So um, management was concerned about that. And in order to hedge their bets, we did 
both the three and three quarter inch line as well as you know the, the, yeah. the, the larger 12 inch line okay and my responsibility for those figures was were um, Darth Vader R2D2 C3PO and Chewbacca because they did not have clothes they were sculpted uh, well they had clothes but for example Darth Vader's costume was too intricate to do as a sewn fabric co costume so it was decided we would sculpt that and the only thing that's sewn on him is, is the cape that was included. The other dolls that had clothes went to the fashion designers in my group. So, uh, so Luke, Han, and Leah were done by the, were handled by the fashion designers. So that's kind of how that happened. And then um, I left Kenner, went to work for Mattel for a couple years, came back, and through the course of my career, got into the position of. Um, director of advanced concepts, director of preliminary design, so I basically had creative control over the last stages of Star Wars at that time. And that's how I got into the position of creating that, um, actually I called it the uh, Millennium Falcon cargo handler, that's what it was, that's my original name for it. I don't know what anybody calls it now, but that was my original storyline for it, that it was the cargo handler for the Millennium Falcon. and. Um, it was lost by Han Solo in, in, a, in some of his more um, uh, crazy gambling exploits or whatever. So he lost it gambling, and uh, you know, then it was later reunited with the Millennium Falcon through whatever in the, in the storyline we were talking about, you know. So, and I, the reason I did it was because um, a couple of reasons. Kenner really liked to do lower price vehicles, you know. I mean, you know, the Millennium Falcons, what, I don't know what that was at the time, $20, $30 retail item. And, and you know, we, we introduced mini rigs because we could do, you know, a $10 um, vehicle. So we were always interested, in, and that would give you a lot more volume uh, if you could create these smaller. Uh, unique vehicles and, and this I saw is the same way it would be a lower price vehicle um, you know that could handle one figure and um, I always felt the the Millennium Falcon when I first saw it even in the movie where I thought the open jaw or maw on it looked like something was missing in fact I thought for sure something was gonna mate with it at some point in the movie or one of those movies it's gonna happen you know um, it, it did happen, in fact, way later in, in, in Solo, uh, but I actually think my design is a little more uh, interesting than the one that was, that was done for in Solo, but this predates the Solo design. By it looks nice, because I can see it right here that you've got... Yeah, I, what I did stylistically, where as a designer, I wanted to reflect, you know, the, the large disc shape of the Millennium Falcon, reflect that back into the, into the cargo handler. So you'll see the front of it has this kind of rounded shape, and if you saw my original sketch that I did and how they went together, it looked from a top view. It looked it looked kind of nice. It looked you know like they went together. So that's kind of the nature of that particular anyhow. So would you say like this is the one thing that that you're most proud of that you that you sculpted? I mean, even though they didn't come out with it. Uh, no, I mean um, there are a lot of things. I mean, I was really proud of the entire effort. <laughs> Uh, my team did in trying to promote the the extension of Star Wars. We did a lot of really great stuff, and a lot of it never came to life. You know, this just happens to be one of them. You know, so. Uh, what is your favorite item that you did? Jeez, people always ask. Like asking which favorite kid. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That's a good way to put it. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that by the way. <laughs> but um, 
you know, it's it is it is like asking what's your favorite kid or what's your fl- favorite flavor of ice cream or something. I don't, it's um, yeah, I, I like it. There's a lot of things that I like that I've done with throughout my, my career, whether it's Star Wars or other things, uh, and um, you know, that's I can't I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. You know. Yeah, that's pretty nice, though. So at what point did you leave Kenner? Uh, the second time, I should say. The second time. Uh, I left Kenner after I, I was actually the um, champion of Jurassic Park. So in my position, um, part of my role was to evaluate uh, content and properties that were de- being developed by Hollywood or by, uh, you know, any kind of literature, whether it's a Harry Potter book or comic books or whatever. I mean, that was part of my job to kind of flip over over rocks on what kind of things would make sense to do the next toy line on. And uh, so I was the one that was behind putting together a presentation first to uh, the Kenner management on why it made sense to do Jurassic Park. And then later that was, I, I did that presentation to, to Steven Spielberg as well and kind of cinched the deal for for Kenner. Well, it became Hasbro during that process, yeah. So yeah, I'm very proud of that. Good, okay. Well, I want to thank you for your time, Mr. Effler, and I appreciate everything. Well, thanks. I appreciate the, the interest the fans have in, in everything I've done. It's really an honor. Thank you. All right. Bye.